Good morning. It is good to have this number out with us this morning again for our worship service on this beautiful Lord's Day morning. And if you're if you're listening to this message, I want to, uh, and those of course looking at my face, a word come across my mind this week, and it was practice. Practice. You might say, well, that's a, that's a weird word to think about, right? Well, I was kind of considering the lesson today, and I thought, well, a term also come across my mind as well. Uh, two terms, actually. Practice makes perfect. Y'all have heard that term before, right? You teach the little, little children out there in the field or playing a ball game or something like that. Practice makes perfect. We're going to get it. We're going to practice it until we get it right. Well, that's, that's a, a typical example of a child, you know, practicing baseball or, or band class, as if it were, because I was in the band. I played the trumpet. But something else pricked my mind when it come to the word practice. Practicing Christianity. Practicing Christianity. When the, in, the, in the context of that, of that statement of practice makes perfect, I agree to that. Practice makes perfect. Someone else might, might practice something. A, a doctor practices healthcare. Call it a, a, a practice, right? Well, a doctor doesn't do medicine, he practices medicine. I, I found that a, a, a funny statement. Here, here is a man playing with somebody's life, with their, with their health or so, and so forth, and he's practicing. So when does a doctor ever become perfect? He don't. He doesn't. Someone, a lawyer is going to practice law. They have a law practice. So when does a lawyer become perfect? He doesn't. A child of God stands out different when it comes to practice, doesn't it? When we practice our Christianity, on that great day of salvation, we stand before God, standing in judgment, giving account of the things we have done, whether good and bad, after that, we'll be made perfect. And not the Scripture's definition of perfect, that is complete. I mean perfect. Being just as Christ is. Right now, sitting at the right hand of God. Artists read a, a, the, a brother artist read this morning from 1 John chapter 3. I want to cover a couple of passages in that reading. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to start there in 1 John chapter 3. I was going to start in 2 Timothy, but we're going to start there since Brother Artis has read that passage of Scripture. Well, I love to hear those pages of those Bibles turn. We're going to work at this one backwards. As he read at the very last verse of that chapter, verse 24 of 1 John chapter 3. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. I want us to look at that verse very carefully. There's a lot of he's and, and he's in there, and him, there's a lot of that in there. Take notice of what's being said. Whenever Christ says in John 15, starting in verse 9, he tells us if we keep his commandments, we abide in his love, just as he kept his father's commandments and abided in his father's love. 
Here we see that God can abide in us as his children or does abide in us as his children. Because the word might is there in John 3.17. I want us to take note of that verse as well. When we think about the term practice, I can remember being on the, uh, on the practice field with uh, getting ready for our performance that Friday night as, as a band tends to do all week long. And the band director would rebuke us when we get out of step, out of formation, or, or something is off. Rebuking was there. Correction needed to happen. So therefore, on Friday night, we would be comfortable with our performance. Now, that never did say that the butterflies wasn't never there. A little uncomfortableness was right there just as was going out there on the field. That's not me. That's not saying that. That was always there. Practice makes you more comfortable with what you're going to do. A doctor, going back to that doctor practicing medicine, right? How many of you would go to a doctor who has never been to medical school? and get his opinion on whatever's wrong with you. We tend to have specialists today. Well, way back when, there was a doctor and he covered everything. Your family doctor took care of you. Today we go to specialists. You go to heart doctors. You go to dermatologists. And you go to brain doctors and so forth. You go to specialists. Someone who is specially trained to take care of whatever's wrong with you. That's, that's the way, that's the world we live in today. When it comes to your spirituality, are you comfortable with it? When you go to that doctor and you ask him, well, this, this is what's going on. What's wrong with me? And he does tests. Does blood work. Trying to figure out what's wrong with you. Today we have the word in our spiritual quest. When I say quest, it's a work. It's a walk. Know that he who keeps his commandments abides in him. That first him is God. If you keep the commandments, you are abiding in God just as Jesus Christ abided in the Father. And he in him. That first he there is God and the him is you. A child of God. Him is the child that's obedient to God by keeping his commandments. And folks, when I say commandments, I mean all of them. Not picking and choosing. Not taking sides, if you will. By this we know that he abides in us. Because he has given us something special. Our Heavenly Father has given his children something very special that the world does not have. It is His Spirit. It is His Holy Spirit. We have a portion of God abiding in us if we keep the commandments of God. Again, the word practice comes to my mind. When that, on my personal experience, when that band director, he would correct us and we say, okay, yeah, I, that's wrong, that needs work. And that little area would get corrected and go out on Friday. We got many standing ovations. I'm not tooting my own horn, so to speak. No pun intended. 
We got many standing ovations as the West Limestone High School Band. And it felt good to get that appreciation. It felt very wonderful to know all that hard work went unappreciated. Oh, there's a wonderful word, is it not? Appreciated. Do you think God appreciates your practicing or you practicing Christianity? I see some noddings. Yes, most assuredly. He smiles on your faithful service because His sacrifice, our Father's sacrifice, God the Son's sacrifice, both of those sacrifices was worth it when we are obedient to our Heavenly Father's commands through the Son. And it's appreciated. It's appreciated. God is very appreciative of your service. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us. When you practice your Christianity and you make corrections when corrections need to be made, you can stand before God getting that standing ovation, if you will. I'm going to bring that to light. Could you imagine standing before God hearing, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity? That'd be a little terrifying, would it not? That terrifies me. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? These things here was, is, is, was, was wrong and you didn't correct it. Standing before God unjustified. Because I have yet to keep his commandments. That would be a grim outcome. Repentance is gone. The opportunity of it is gone. The powers of the heaven will be shaken. Do you remember that verse? The opportunity of repentance at that time is gone. But how about the other end of that spectrum? By this we know that he abides in us. According to his word, not man's input. We're going to cover that in the next few instances. I hope I have time. So we know that God's spirit abides in us if we are faithful unto him. How do you feel when you sin? Let me ask that question. How do you know? How do you feel when you know that you have sinned and you have uncorrected that sin? How do you feel? Well, distraught. Out of place. Alone. The absence of the sacrifice for your sins is what it should feel like. It should feel like you're the adversary of God, not his child. Because he gives a portion of his spirit to those who are obedient unto him. So verse 24 said a lot. Well, Brother Artis was finishing that, that, that scripture, reading that, that verse really hit home with the word practice. Are we practicing Christianity in our everyday walks of life? Are we keeping God's commands to the best of our ability? The reason why I say practice is we stumble. We fall short daily. And we need that correction because not one of us are perfect. We're constantly, continually practicing getting to heaven. All right, so now turn back with me to uh, 2 Timothy, uh, starting in verse 14. 
of chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent or study to present yourselves approved of God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing, or handling the word of truth. That sounds a whole lot like practicing, does it not? Studying your Bible. Diving into God's word. Bringing about the truths of it and applying it to your life sounds a whole lot like practicing. Just like that doctor is taking the knowledge that he has gained by going to medical school and getting the training that he needs to bring about health care. Can look at those charts and that blood work or whatever and even look at you and say, well, this is what's wrong with you. When we look at the scriptures and say, well, this is what's wrong with me. This is where I need correction. You might even be looking, thinking of your neighbor or your family members or those who are close by you and says, I encourage you to make the changes because it needs work. Study to present yourself approved of God. We had a good, discuss had a good discussion on approved on Wednesday night in Bible class. Do you find yourself approved of God today? Have you found out what's acceptable unto it? Have you took those things and put them into action in your life? That's what's called spiritual wisdom. And it takes practice to achieve that wisdom. Sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we get it wrong. But when we get it wrong, we still have the opportunity to come back, to get right in the eyes of God. Because thankfully, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, says it all with that thought. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Did you hear what was said? When we stumble, when we fall short, we have an opportunity to come back. These things I write to you that you may not sin, but if anyone sins. So what is, what is John saying? He's saying that he knows we're going to fall short. When you read Romans chapter 7, and you learn that Paul himself even sinned, you might say, what? Paul sinned? The Apostle Paul, who we learn from continuously? You mean to tell me he fell short? He certainly did. And he hated it when he did it. It was his will to not sin, but oh, Satan's temptations is too strong sometimes, even for you and I. The only person who did not succumb to Satan's temptations is our Lord and Savior, the one who we follow the one who we measure ourselves up by in accordance with God's Word. 
Some more instructions came from Paul to Timothy. We find that in 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 2. As you're turning, again, another word of, another example of the word practice. When we practice something, we get more confident. When you practice your Christianity in your everyday walk of life, you're more confident in using it in your everyday walk of life. So when they have a question unto you and you understand that verse forwards, backwards, in the mirrors, you understand it. And you're able to answer that question because what have you been doing? You've been practicing Christianity. You've been practicing what God has told you to do. Paul tells Timothy to do that very thing. In verse 2 of 2 Timothy chapter 4. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Did you hear what he just told Timothy to do? Preach the word. Does that just mean on Sunday? Does that just mean on Wednesday? That is exactly what that does not mean. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. So what does the in-season and out-of-season mean? It means when they want to hear it and when they don't want to hear it. Do you think it was easy for Christ to turn the other cheek? Do you think it was easy for our Lord and Savior to be nailed upon that cross and to be separated from his father. Do you think that was easy? Do we not remember the garden when his three apostles fell asleep? Do you remember our Lord and Savior's prayer? He prayed for that cup to be passed. He prayed for something else. But the Father's will be done and not the Son's. Folks, that says a lot about practice. Even in earthly form, Jesus Christ had to die. His blood had to be shed for our sins to be remitted. But that wasn't what scared him the most at all. This thing should scare us the most as well. It should scare us the most beyond all recognition. And I'm going to try to turn there real quick. I know the right way. I forgot where I was going. Right? Hebrews chapter 10. Many of us know this verse by heart. Keep in mind, this thing that scared Christ the most, well, not scared, it, it, it terrified him. To pray for it to be remitted. To pray for it to not happen. You might say, well, what are you talking about? Is it, was the nails going into his flesh? That ain't what terrified him the most. The dying upon that cross, that ain't what terrified him the most. The first thing, the only thing that will, the first time ever this ever happening in Christ's life, when he took your sins on. He took my sins on. 
He took the sins of the world on. And what cannot be present with sin? The Father. The Father will not be in the presence of sin. That's when the skies were darkened for three hours. Is when Christ was separated from his Father. For the first time ever, a lot of people miss that thought. A lot of people miss that example. And that's what terrified Christ in the garden, as it was nearing that time. Now, I understand. He, he, he knew that was going to happen before he even left heaven. He knew that. But that's kind of like those jitterbugs right there before the, the band went out there on the field. And those jitterbugs kind of took over. It's like, what if we mess up? Well, if you mess up, you mess up. Christ did not mess up. That's what terrified him the most. So you and I need to be in that same boat, if you will. But when we sin and we know it, what happens? Unrepented separation. That is exactly what happens. Your access to God is denied. You ever put a key in the, in the hole and it won't open? It's a little aggravating, is it not? You go to a hotel that uses little key cards now, it goes beep, and the door don't open. It's a little aggravating, is it not? You can't get into where you need to be. It's kind of out of place, a little scary, if you will. I wish this would terrify the masses. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 26. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth. Well, first, before we finish that thought, before we finish that verse, this is children of God. This is ones who have been immersed or baptized for the remission of sins. You have received the truth. You know what you're supposed to do, and you do not do it, sinning willfully. There no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. Ouch. That's, that's an ouch. Standing before God, sinning willfully, saying, well, you, you didn't do what you're supposed to do. That sacrifice that Christ made upon that cross, it wasn't for you. Your sins are not covered because you did it willfully and you knew you wasn't supposed to do it. Or you didn't do it as you was commanded to do. What did, what did, uh, what did Timothy go out and do? He preached the word. He practiced his Christianity in his everyday walk of life. And he was commended throughout Paul's writings to the churches. For if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. This is God rebuking us today to the writer of Hebrew. He's saying, make changes where changes need to be made. Because listen to verse 27. This is what should terrify the masses. But a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation that will devour, or which will devour the adversaries. That word is plural for a reason. Fiery indignation. No sacrifice for sins. No well done, good and faithful servant. But depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Enter into doom and destruction. Enter into a place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It don't have to be that way if we are practicing Christianity. Making corrections where they're needed. We're moving on toward perfection. 
to hear those words, those wonderful words on judgment day, well done, good and faithful servant, is much better than the alternative. So my encouragement this morning, practice your Christianity in your everyday walk of life, in season and out of season. Be that child of God that we should be. I have one more scripture to read. And we covered it this morning in Bible class. We got a little sneak peek, if you will. It was Romans chapter 8. One page too much. Romans chapter 8. In verse 9. Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed... The Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of God, he is not his. Uh, let's make sure the Spirit of God is abiding in us. By practicing the things God told us to do. By practicing the things God told us not to do. We see that example all the way in the beginning of the, the knowledge of mankind, Adam and Eve. They did the one thing, they did not practice the one thing that God told them to not do. They did it. And here we are today, struggling, suffering because of it. The entrance of sin condemned mankind. You and I don't have to be condemned on Judgment Day. We can stand pure, whole, and justified wearing Christ's blood as that cleansing agent. If, and only if, we're practicing our Christianity. Well, I want to encourage those who have yet to be immersed or baptized if you're hearing this lesson. And you're realizing that you need Christ's blood to wash your sins away. That's the only thing that can get your sins washed away. Has it been encouraging enough to become spiritually minded? I seriously hope so. There's some maybe in the audience here this morning at Booth Chapel that needs repentance to turn away from their sins, to turn away from their iniquities, to get away from being an adversary of God and become His child yet again. Why don't we turn away from those sins and turn back to God as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation.